Welcome to 26.1, a new education podcast where we interview entrepreneurs, successful business people, and thought leaders to help the next generation of leaders get over the finish line. These episodes are designed to inspire all of us, teachers, parents, and students, to greatness and to improve the environment that we have in our education system. The world is changing, and it's our job to help everyone get over the finish line. My name is Jabez Labret, and thank you for joining us. In this first episode, I interview Larry Broughton. He is the owner of Broughton Hospitality, a boutique hotel chain, is Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year, best-selling author, speaker. He is an advisor to many, many, many in the hotel and hospitality industry and many leaders around the globe, a former U.S. Army Green Beret. Larry has really brought it all and laid it all on the line with everything that he does. It's an incredible interview. I was very fortunate to have a chance to get Larry to sit down with us and talk a little bit about his challenges with education and some of the struggles that he faced growing up that eventually led him to become the person that he is today, along with some very powerful and useful tips that all of us can learn from when it comes to hiring, when it comes to managing our own success, and when it comes to making sure that we're educating our children in the best way possible. I appreciate you joining us today, and welcome to episode one of 26.1. Thanks for taking time. Oh, my pleasure. It's great to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you. I yeah, really, I really you. do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, it's something that is has been fun about this, just not just this project, but this interview in particular, is mm -hmm. I've, I've gotten a chance to dig in a little deeper than I, I maybe had known in the past because we met a long time ago. Um, and uh, always was a professional conversation. Like we've pretty much always ever, you know, been talking about like work and right. websites and marketing <laughs> and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. But you... Um, not only are you accomplished and, and you know, you've Ernst of Young Entrepreneur of the Year yeah. and, you know, hotel chain during the worst time yeah. of 2001. Like, Rub it in, dude. Yeah, yeah, right? Let's, <laughs> let's not hold anything back. <laughs> but it, it's interesting. So you have a twin brother, Barry. Yeah. And something that strikes me is that you are both uh, high achievers and hard workers. Yeah, it's kind of an understatement, but yes. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, you guys, you yeah. guys definitely go for it and, yeah. and have have accomplished. Well, I think we, I describe, we play all out. Yes, you know, yeah. It's been. Uh, listen, I. This is not. I'm not bagging on my my parents at all. Because I think it's a generational thing. But I always felt like my father was living below his potential, and that's the first time I've ever said that out loud. Um, but um, I was just thinking that yesterday was Father's Day, and I was just thinking that you know. And I remember at a young age thinking, that's not going to be me. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how I was going to reach my potential. I didn't know who I was going to be one day. But I do remember being in high school, looking in the mirror, and knowing I wasn't, at this point in my brain, I wasn't going to be graduating high school. Um, I was really a really poor student. I did graduate high school, but right near the bottom of my class. Um, but I, I knew I wanted to be a business owner. I knew I wanted to make an impact in the world. I had no idea how, though. But I knew that I was living below my potential at the time. So, you know, rewind the clock for us a little bit back to this time when you're in high school uh -huh. and you have dyslexia. Yeah, right? that's right. And yeah, that's so, right. And, and you, um, high school wasn't 
uh, I'm assuming wasn't the easiest process for you, but no. where, where did you, where did you get this, um, kind of perseverance or grit or this determination that you were going to like, was, were there any people that were inspirations? Yeah. Was it yeah. two a, and two and well, three in particular, but, um, my father did the best he could for sure. One of the things I learned from him was when you start something, you don't quit. There's times to say enough is enough, but quitting is not an option. Like, and there's a difference between quitting and saying enough is enough. Quitting is you've not given it everything you've got, right? Saying enough is enough when you've played it all out, when you've left it all on the field, when you've worked out all the, everything that you possibly can say, this just isn't right for me, right? But quitting wasn't an option. Um, but I had um, a sixth grade um, teacher who ended up becoming my Boy Scout, Scout Master, who saw potential in me and uh, really worked with me on my leadership skills. Um, I had two wrestling coaches, uh, Dutch Sturdivant and uh, Bob Klusik, who um, kind of invested in me and helped me see potential in me, even when you know, I was getting pinned and, you know, destroyed by other opponents. <laughs> um, you know, they would sit down with me afterwards and, uh, you know, speak words of encouragement uh, into me. And I had no idea how much that meant to me at the time. I just thought, well, that's nice of them. But I've been able to, those conversations that I can still remember all those years later clearly had an impact. If whatever it is, 40 years later, I'm still thinking about those conversations they were impactful, right? And I think that's the great thing about teachers is that they oftentimes, for most of the year, spend more time with kids than parents do, active time. They really have an influence, mm, yeah. right? So, um, yeah, so they spoke uh, spoken into me. And I, I've always felt like the, the universe, there's some kind of divine intervention in my life because I should be dead <laughs> right mm. now or in jail. And... Um, and I'm neither, um, but I'm trying to make a positive impact and just, you know, and I'll pay it forward, I guess, for those folks who uh, invested in me. I love that you remember their names. And I also love hearing that you were getting pinned on the, so for those that obviously this is a podcast and you can't see, I had to put three little boxes above Larry's microphone because he's not, not exactly a short statured individual. Well, I will tell you though, I did grow up. Um, I didn't really grow until between my junior and senior year. I was a small kid. I did get bullied. Um, what they call bullied now is basically back then it's what happened to everybody. You got pushed around, you got into fights. Um, and I'm embarrassed to even say this, but you know, and then the, the stuff rolled downhill. There were a couple of kids who were smaller and weaker than me that I picked on. And it's one of the things that we need to really be cognizant of. And I've got a 15 year old son. Mm. And so I have to watch this as well. Right. Um, cause it can turn into this vicious circle if we don't give people the skills on how to communicate more effectively. But I'm one of these guys who, you know, um, it's going to happen. It's just, it's going to happen, you know, and we need to prepare our, um, uh, our kids on how to be, um, effective, positive, uh, attributes to society, which means sometimes they need to know how to at least verbally joust. Sure. You, you know, got, and you we know. can't, we can't just cover them, wrap them in bubble wrap and uh, silence the other people because they're getting picked on. We have to like 
a little bit of communicate work a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Whatever happened to communicating I, I, and having <laughs> having debates and arguing and you know, I mean, so I remember um, literally getting in uh, in fights and disagreements with people, and afterwards, your best friends. Sure. Afterwards. And we don't even allow that to happen today. And I think there's a good lesson in that, that mm-hmm. you can disagree and still get along with people. You know, you don't have to be disagreeable. What you know, what's the case? You can disagree without being disagreeable. Right, right. Well, being disagreeable, I think, is good for us, too, because it's, it's not sunshine, lollipops and rainbows every day out there in the real world. Sure. It, it, certainly not. Um, in work, in life, in relationships, um, yeah. you know, with kids, as parents, I mean, that, that yes, you are going to run into conflict and teaching good conflict management and how to control your emotions and, yeah, and sure. manage what you do is incredibly important. Absolutely. That doesn't mean you're always in control no, of your emotions. Absolutely not. Um, and, and very important lessons to learn, which is kind of an interesting thought. And, and I know I, I sent this to you ahead of time with kind of the idea of reflecting back to what, what in your high school or, or grade school experience or education in general, mm-hmm. um, you know, you've gone on to, you know, the Stanford executive program for executives that, that sure. you know, run companies all the way down to, um, you know, time in the military, which is an educational experience in and of itself. Um, you know, where did you see things really have a positive impact on your ability to see the world? Because you, you have a unique, uh, this idea that I'm going to go out there and I'm going to like tackle life mm-hmm. and it's going to be all out on the field. And you've had moments where it wasn't always all out and you didn't make it where you wanted to make it. And what prepared you back then for who you are today? Mm. You know, I wish I could point to to one thing, Um, but um, I feel like, you know, we're losing the ability to understand or accept that success as they typically call it, success. I'm using air quotes around that because I don't necessarily like that term. I use it because that's what people use. Uh, They understand. I wish we could get people to understand, and I learned this through Boy Scouts, and organizations like the Boy Scouts are going away. They don't have as much of an impact on the world as they used to, and so I think we need to figure out how to get those messages out to our young people. And that is this. Success doesn't happen overnight, but if you live a life of significance, you play a positive role and significant role in the lives of your family members, your team members at school, your place of worship, just in your general community, success is the byproduct of that. And you do that, um, DHOC, uh, who is the founder of uh, Visa credit card, years and years and years ago, I read an article by him, I think it was in Fast Company. And he talked about um, just when he's bringing team members into the organization, and I think these are good lessons, right? He looks for people who... Um, have these three qualities, motivation, integrity, and capacity. Motivation, integrity doesn't just happen overnight, right? You can't just walk in and say, no, I'm motivated. Now I've got integrity. These things start at a young age, yeah. right? And so what uh, DeHock was talking about, and it's one of the things that I, I look for just in life, is that I try to find people um, who have the attitude, I get to get up in the morning. I get to go into work. I get to go into school. I get to work with these people. I'm not I have to, right? They're excited about it. And so having that spirit of motivation and, you know, I've heard it over and over again, you know, like motivation is 80%. Just show up. Just show up like it matters in life, right? Because how many times have you or just people who are listening here just phoned in their performance? 
just showed up um, and really not um, participated, been a passive participant in their life or just in a, in a project. So I learned early on just through scouting and through uh, sports, motivation is really important. And that and motivation, when you're highly motivated, it is contagious. Mm. Right? Other people around you. Uh, kind of tap in, into that. And the other thing is capacity. I mean, I'm sorry, integrity. You've got to have integrity. Um, and uh, all, of, everyone, has, our integrity is tested every single day. Yeah. Either by ourselves compromising our own integrity or team members who are responsible for, um, they compromise the integrity of the organization and then we have to offer cover or, or whatever. Um, but integrity is very important because D Hawk talked about this, that motivation without integrity is dangerous. You can be highly motivated and lack integrity. That's dangerous. So true. Right. And then the third thing is capacity and the capacity to, to grow. Right. Um, and, um, so we're looking for those three things. And I, mm. when I remember reading that and saying, yeah, that's really important. Cause that's, um, those are things that I know that, uh, Jim Molino and Bob Klusik and, and Dutch Sturdivant kind of hammered into my head uh, as well. And I wish that we would focus more on those traits at a young age in people. Right. Um, because I was, I was going to ask, like, I, I understand that it's um, in life sometimes there are external factors that make it challenging to wake up and be motivated. Sure. You know, and, sure. and life can be happening in the background yep. for a lot of students yep. in this country. Yeah. And I think about, you know, what you just said about the importance of motivation and integrity. And to me, um, you know, motivation is a trained thing and integrity is something learned over time yeah. and that you, you watch by example to discover what integrity means. Yeah. Good point. And that capacity is, is something that, that you grow into, that you become someone who begins to build that. And it opens up a whole new door of, of just wanting and wanting to learn and wanting to grow and, and wanting yeah. to, to, to better yourself. So for those that don't have the examples at home or don't have um, or may have roadblocks to getting to the motivation, um, and I, I love that you're like, you know, we need to start teaching some of those things in school now, um, you know, how how do we start instilling some of those? Like you, you have a 15-year-old son. Mm-hmm. I imagine you do some work with your son sure. or you try, like, what do you do with your own son that you, you're saying, these are important things that need to happen. Here's some, some moments in time that I look for mm-hmm. to try to, to help yeah. instill this process. Well, first with my son, uh, I try to be a very active father uh, with him. I try to be very present when we're, when we're together. I ask probing questions. Whenever he gets in the car after I pick him up from school, we talk about how did the day go. Um, we talk about, and we have a relationship now, and this has to start young because now he shares with me if he had a challenge with a teacher or a challenge with uh, a classmate, and we kind of walk through it. Um, so how do we do it? Well, if someone is listening to the pod, this podcast, they have access to information nowadays that they didn't have when when I was younger. This thing called the interweb or World Wide Web or Internet, whatever, whatever, whatever it is. Whatever Al Gore's great invented. Is. Exactly. <laughs> right? So when we commit ourselves to lifelong learners, then we push the boundaries of our capacity. Just because I might have a mediocre IQ doesn't mean that I don't have an off-the-charts EQ. Right? It's really – Daniel Goldman wrote a book several years ago called uh, Emotional Intelligence. 
And he tracked all the, not all, but a lot of valedictorians, salutatorians in high school and college and said, whatever happened to them? Are they the titans of industry? Are they the ones that are running, you know, countries and are they in political office and are they the change makers of the world? And the truth is, no, they're not. Many of them are living the gray lives of mediocrity um, that uh, you would expect that the people that are graduating at the bottom of the class are doing. The people that are really making an impact on the world are those who have learned to get along with, with people. They learn how to solve conflicts. Mm. Uh, they learn how to be good members of teams. They learn how to be good winners and good losers. Like a good winner is someone who doesn't rub their nose in the loser, right? <laughs> and the good loser is not someone who doesn't like go, you know. Quit because they quit lost. Quit because yeah. they lost or where's my trophy kind of thing. Um, so people who have high EQ, the ability to get along with people, be problem solvers, those are the people that are the change makers, the world changers, the titans of industry. And, um, and so you can learn how to do all these things. That's the great thing about leadership, um, all, the, all the stuff that makes a successful entrepreneur and leader. Um, you can learn it. Mm. Now, some of the skills or some of the traits, I guess, are born. Yes, I think that there are more leaders and aren't successful entrepreneurs who are made and not born. That's what I believe. And so by this, the great thing about the internet and YouTube, you anything you want to know, you go on and you can search for it and there's going to be a video that's going to pop up for it. So how do you do it? Google it. You know, yeah. listen, I've been, you, you'd mentioned you know, those days when you don't want to get out of bed. I've had those days. I've had those days. Um, I know what it's like, you know, but hopefully if you know someone who's there, then you've got the courage to go encourage them to get out of bed and to speak some positivity into their life. Um, and, um, you know, cause I do see the statistics about, uh, uh, teenage suicide, you know, oh. with both boys and girls, yeah, scary. um, and they're, they're startling. Right. Um, and, um, so it's, it's, uh, it's tough, but the great thing is there's a lot of positivity that's going on out there in the world, you know? Yeah. Um, I, we can I, get caught up sometimes in the, all of the negative oh, numbers yeah, and statistics. Yeah. But here's, here's the interesting thing though. It, it's news because it's rare. It's still rare. Are the trend lines with some of these things going in the wrong direction? Yes, but there's still more positive stuff happening in the world than bad stuff. Yeah. And when you mentioned earlier, you talked about your son getting in the car and having that honest conversation about mm. how was your day? Like mm -hmm. for real, not the passing. How was your day? Oh, oh good. No. Fine. Uh, but that like, you know, real genuine talk about the good, talk about the bad. And for those that don't, for kids that don't have those parents, um, I did not. Yep. And That's right. um, that. Not, that the teacher can be that person. Absolutely. And it's, but it takes just a moment of time. And sometimes we get caught up in that. Oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta jump into this lesson plan, or I have to do no. like I have to execute on this. But we, we, we skip over sometimes. Sometimes it is a word of encouragement. A word of encouragement. That's it. A sentence. Wow, you look great today. Wow, I really liked your penmanship. Wow, just one thing, one thing. Because some kids, and I've had these seasons, they're not getting that at home. You know. Um, and it's kind of like just a drop of water on a ailing plant, you know, it's just, it, it fills them up. Mm. Um, so we forget, you know, uh, 
words are very powerful. Words are very powerful both ways, good and yeah. bad, right? And so a word of encouragement, I think, is, and it's the same thing in leadership and business, right? We need to speak words of encouragement into our team members. There's a thing that I, that I always tell people that cheering helps. Cheering helps, you know? Um, and um, before I go to a keynote speech, I get up on stage and I tell people, listen, this can go two ways, you know? We can make this interactive and you can give me your energy. We can have some <laughs> and fun. And have some fun. <laughs> or you can sit there with your arms crossed and this could be the worst four hours of your day. <laughs> Neither one of us will be happy. That's right. <laughs> oh, so you, you have built a, a successful team and, and you have managed a, um, you know, you, you've built a brand and a company in Broughton Hotels and, and you know, tw- nearly 20 boutique hotels, mostly uh, California and Illinois and it, it, you've hired a lot yeah, and you've probably interviewed a lot and you've probably not hired some people, uh, over time. What are some characteristics that you look for, um, in, in people that you want to bring onto your team right now, like today? Um, you know, not 20 years ago, but today, what are, what are you hoping that they bring with them to the table? Yeah. Uh, the things I mentioned about with DHOC, every senior person, this organization, organization knows that we're looking for the the Mike MIC motivation, integrity, and capacity that we, we already spoke uh, about. Uh, beyond that, it depends on what position we're hiring them for. Because um, if we can cover those three things, motivation, integrity, and capacity, we've got most of our bases covered for every position uh, in the organization. If they're, um, because even if we're hiring them for what would be traditionally called a line level position, um, they may one day move into a leadership position. And so if they've got the capacity to grow, that's, that's really important. Um, so what else am, am I looking for? Well, we're in an industry, we're in the hospitality industry that changes a lot. Um, and we tend to be at the whims of the economy. And so we're looking for people who have a level of flexibility and they can accept change. Um, change is one of those things that, um, and stress, um, that um, if you are resistant to change or you like the status quo, um, then leadership and entrepreneurship are not positions for you. <laughs> and this industry is probably not right uh, for you. Um, I'm just a big believer that our success is in direct proportion to the amount of change and stress that we can handle, right? Without change, neither improvement nor innovation happens. Right? So right. change has to happen all the time. So the ability to handle change um, is really important. I mean, I think of like a, a now, today, welders in today's world, if mm-hmm. you go into a welding apprenticeship, you mm-hmm. learn to control a robot that does welding for four. That's right. Yeah. So, I mean, it feels that change is just kind of a natural. Yeah. Um, and it's probably always kind of been that way. Yeah. And, and maybe it's not until you're in the thick of it that you realize. But it feels yeah. like today there's a lot of change going on yeah. um, in probably every industry. And it, yeah. it's interesting that you would bring up changes and, and kind of adaptability as a mm-hmm. flexibility as a, a, a one piece of a puzzle that's important. Because we don't do a lot and spend a lot of time teaching students how to to adapt. Yeah. Well, these boxes that you have under my mic right now, we call them our peak potential packs. Um, we send them out to all of our supervisors, leaders, and executives. Um, 
the Gallup State of the American Workforce Survey showed that 67% of the American workforce is disengaged or actively disengaged. And when you peel back the layers on that, it's because they feel like they're not being professionally developed. And it speaks to one of the books that we send out in these Peak Potential Packs. So Peak Potential Pack includes books. Um, well, people feel like they're not being professionally developed. Anyway, so this pack includes some professional development stuff. One of the books that we did recently was called Who Moved My Cheese? And if you've read that, um, you know what I'm about to say. But if you haven't, it's really... Um, is it an allegory about um, change? What happens if you don't change, and what happens if you do? Are you are willing to change? It's a really simple book, and I would encourage you know, particularly if it's a um, a, a young person that's in high school, they should read "Who Moved My Cheese." Um, I had my my kids read it um, as well, and it kind of opened up their eyes, like, oh, just because I'm doing it this way and I'm not getting results, hmm, maybe it's me. Maybe I just need to shift my tra trajectory five or 10 degrees and yep. I could have different results. <laughs> shocking. Um, <laughs> shocking. Right. But uh, well, again, though, but a lot of people are stuck on the status quo. You know, they, they like the safety of the known versus. Yeah, it's easy. It's, it's easy. We think it's easy. Right. right? But sometimes it's hard. Um, it could be easier if we would just, you know, get off the, uh, the rocky road and get over on the, the side of the road. So anyway, um, mm. So I do think that uh, change is very, very important. And there's ways you can learn how to deal with it. And who moved my cheese, I think, is one of those good ones. And I forget what your question was. So, no, no. So it, it's it's just I, it, it, I love the idea of actually um, I wish in when I was in high school I had read some books that were uh, less um, uh, love literary books, but certainly yeah. some books that were working on myself as yeah. a human being as well. Um, and not just reading for the sake of... Well, wouldn't that be awesome? About. Exactly, because <laughs> um, you're right. There aren't a lot of... Um, parents, you and I, the people that are listening to this podcast, we are rarities. Let's just be honest. Right. The masses don't do this. The masses don't invest in themselves. Um, but wouldn't this country be a better place if we just made people better versions of who they are? Wouldn't it be awesome if there was a class in high school that was on personal and professional development where you're introduced to people, you know, that uh, talk about this kind of stuff? Like, here's some books that are going to change your life and it's not just reading the classics um i think it'd be great um so yeah, which, is, which is fantastic I, my my last question was going to be what would you like to see if you were back in school and it sounds like maybe this is this would be a great opportunity for well, like you maybe it, a, a class on professional development that, what would i like to see if i were back in it, school it, today if you were back back in high school like you were coming in sophomore junior um you know, and just enrolling in classes this upcoming fall, uh, back to school. What would you hope that it looked like? Um, more, more opportunity to build relationships. I think that when I was younger, that just happened naturally because you got to go out and play on the playground. And go, where I grew up, you know, you go off and build forts and. Um, there, there seemed to be more collaboration than what I see with my, I've got a 17 year old daughter who's going off to university here in a couple of months and my 15 year old son, who's going to be a freshman. Um, it just seemed like there's this, th this thing of, um, being together alone hmm. that I see among young people. They're sitting around and, but they're all doing their social media kind of thing. And I'm not saying I'm against that because I do think that there's um, they've built great relationships online with people. And I'll, my son will be in his room 
uh, by himself, but he's online and he's lapping up a storm and they, they're communicating. He's got a friend in North Carolina and a kid that's down the road and they're all communicating, having a good time. But there's something about when you are face to face and dealing with problems, you know, dealing with problems. So I'd like to see more of that. What I'd like to see more in schools as well is uh, assessments that really identify what uh, young people's strengths are at a young age. I, had, I didn't really realize until I was in the military uh, about um, the power of small teams when they're working in their strengths. I think a lot of the frustration and depression that happens in the workforce is because people are working outside their strengths. When you work in your strengths, you have a better, uh, you're more productive, you have a better sense of who you are. And so I, I think I'd love to make you know, part of core curriculum that people have to take Myers-Briggs and the Colby A index and the Gallup strength, strength finders, finders and, right? right? And so that people know, because when they know who they are in, from a cognitive perspective and cognitive, particularly a cognitive uh, perspective, um, they understand how they show up. Um, I remember it was like when I gave my kids uh, the, uh, the Myers-Briggs, um, it was very enlightening because... Uh, my son realized he's a 93 or 97% introvert, right? Hmm. Explains a lot, right? <laughs> when he wants to be alone or if there's a lot of activity and yeah. he's being drained, he just needs some downtime. He needs some time, right. You know? And, um, and so if we know that and that that's how we're built, then we don't start ascribing these false Oh, is he depressed or is he whatever it is, right? So I think that we ought to, I'd, I'd love to see more uh, strength assessments built into our, 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 our curriculum, I guess. And then really talking about the value of relationships and camaraderie. We have this myth, I think, in this country that's been propagated through movies and books about the rugged individualist, right? And um, if you think about all the great movies out there, you know, that's kind of what they're about. But truly, um, life is about relationships. Hmm. You don't, there's no one who's had any level of success and done it by themselves. Right. You've got to have someone um, that uh, is going to support you. I'm a big believer that even as young people, but we all ought to kind of split our friend groups or our contacts into thirds. A third of our people ought to be those ones that are further down the path than, than we are, that we can learn from, who will mentor us. A third ought to be people who are about in the same part of the journey that we are, who we walk arm in arm, we're, we're doing the battle together. And then the other third are people that we're actually mentoring. When you mentor other people, um, you're learning as well, right? Sometimes more. And, and you're, <laughs> exactly. And you're building up the next generation or other people, you know, um, and so that's one of the things I did love about the the school that uh, my kids went to, the, the the K through eighth grade, is that they had a, a buddy mentoring system where the fourth graders mentored the kindergartners, kind, kind of fantastic. And I think that I know that my children are going to be taking that into their young adulthood and into their professional lives as well. So I think if we can incorporate those things into um, uh, the academic arena. I think we'd see a different uh, different results. We'd be, I think we'd be creating better young adults for sure. Completely agree. Yeah, Larry, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thanks, it's been Jabez. an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Thanks. Awesome. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. I just wanted to close out this one time with a little bit of a highlight as to what's going to happen next. So this is going to be a weekly podcast that will be launching in the middle of July. This is our first and inaugural episode. We hope that you really enjoyed it. Please do share, like, subscribe, and connect with us. Um, we want to make sure that this podcast really gets in the hands of those that need it the most. So we appreciate your comments and feedback, of course, and thank you very much for checking in. Our interview lineup is spectacular. The people that we have coming on the show absolutely will blow your mind, and there's so much for all of us to learn from those that are doing so well in achieving both personal and uh, business success in their life, and I'm just really excited about where we can go with this together. So if you have any comments, let us know. Anybody you think should be a guest on this show, please do give us that feedback again. My name is Jabez Labret from Sisu Academy, and I want to thank you very much for listening to 26.1. Let's get education over the finish line.